0: Welcome, everyone. It's uh, great to see you this weekend at Grace. Before I get into um, the conversation we're going to have this morning, I just want to let you know that next weekend, uh, we're going to start a new series of conversations, a new series that we call um, My Life Changed When. And I am super stoked about this, uh, this series. have been planning it for almost a year now and uh, really, really excited to get into it. And we're going to be talking about the power of our stories that God gives us a story, and He does that on purpose, and there are times in which our kind of journey intersects with God in a very personal way, and those are the times of life that we experience life change. So my life changed when, and we're excited about doing that, and we're going to do something we've never done before that I think you're going to, you're going to appreciate, and we're going to have a blast doing uh, every one of the of the speaking pastors of Grace Churches is going to rotate through all of our campuses. So uh, Pastor Dan Gregory is going to be up from uh, Norton. Uh, Tony Levigny is going to be back over from Medina. You'll hear from Pastor Ryan. You'll hear from me, and I think uh, you're going to love that. Have a, a broader view of the, of what Grace Church is and uh, the part that you play in it. Uh, so you're going to appreciate that. You're going to be a little bit disillusioned uh, because you'll understand. When I say I have the market on sex appeal, it's all going to make a lot of sense to you <laughs> after you see these. So I, I just want, in advance, apologize for the optics of what's going on because it's gonna, it's gonna hurt a little bit. Uh, but you just have to, you know, God looks upon the heart. You kind of have to do the same thing with these other pastors. You can't just enjoy this. So um, that's gonna be fun and uh, I, I think you're gonna love it. And I actually think God's going to uh, use it in a great, great way. So that'll start next weekend. This weekend, We want to conclude a series of conversations that we've called Less is More. And uh, over the course of the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, this idea that we are spread super thin. We have all this noise coming at us all the time, right? It's on the phone, it's on the TV, uh, the internet, social media, all that kind of stuff. And it has caused us to kind of give ourselves a little bit to everything. At least that's the temptation. So if you're not careful, what happens is you wind up with... Hundreds of friends and no real relationships, right? Lots of likes, no investments. And the scripture is very clear that as a human being, I'm more spiritual than I am anything else. I'm more than physical, more than emotional, I'm spiritual. And when I give my heart to a little bit of something but don't really uh, love or dig into anything, I tend not to live for the eternal things. And my life starts to be marked and defined by the trivial things. So we've just been talking that through, kind of uh, digging out a little bit. And I uh, encourage you, if you haven't heard some of those messages or you want to catch back up on them, go out to our website, graceohio.org, and uh, you can uh, listen to them or watch them or get a podcast for free through iTunes there if you want and uh, plug all that in. Th- this weekend, as we wrap this up, I want to I wrap it up by talking through this biblical concept of seasons, seasons. And so the Bible would talk about how our life is lived in seasons, that God would bring us into a season and then out of a season. There's a lot to be learned in a season. There's some perspectives that we should have. And really, it's, it's how we travel through life. And so the question becomes, well, how do you do that with wisdom? How do you kind of journey with God through that process? And, uh, and what does that look like? And so we're going to talk about that this weekend. So let me, let me show you what I mean. Grab your Bibles if you got them. And we'll go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, if there's Bibles there in the chairs. If you want to use those, it's page 462 in those Bibles. And if you use an electronic de- uh, device, we use the U version app. So you can look at that in this idea of Seasons, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Look at verse 1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And then it gives a list of examples of these seasons. Verse 2, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing Time to search, time to give, time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, tear down, a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Verse nine, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart and no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to, to end, in this idea of seasons. If you want to learn more about this or read a little bit of a different perspective, a guy named Bill Hybels has got a great book out right now called Simplify, and uh, he talks about seasons in there too. I encourage you to grab that and read it. When you're looking at this passage, though, you start digging into the Bible a little bit, you have to, you have to recognize pretty quick that there's two kind of bookends to this idea of Seasons, And so verse one is the first one, that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And then it lists those examples. And then it's bookended in verse 11. God, God has made everything beautiful in its time and he has set eternity in the human heart. So these these two mooring points and then the concept of seasons kind of plays out in between. So... There's a time for every activity under the heavens. It's this idea that every earthly endeavor will come to an end, right? Every earthly endeavor comes to an end. So my youth will come to an end. My career will come to an end. My, uh, my parenting of small children will come to an end. My life itself will come to an end. Every human endeavor has an end point to it. There's a season for every activity. So I kind of lock that in place, right? And then God gives examples of the seasons. And then the other mooring point is, and God has set eternity into the hearts of man. So God has caused us to be eternal beings, right? We just talked about that. More than physical, more than emotional, I'm spiritual. And as a human being, if I do not have the ability to, to gather an eternal perspective on something, I lose hope. So every activity comes to an end, let's say that I'm going through a difficult time as a human being, if I can't register that with eternal things, if I can't find purpose or meaning or some kind of redemption in that difficult time, I I fall into the deepest level of despair. This This is when folks take their lives because they can't see a way out or a reason for what they're going through. Now what's fascinating, every human endeavor comes to an end, there's a season for every activity under the sun, right? What's fascinating is this is even true of our prosperity. So I can have everything in the world, but if I cannot bring an eternal perspective in it, it will not satisfy my soul. I can have all the money and all the fame and all the sex in the world, but if I can't find a redemptive reason for it, I will come to the same despair. This is your classic rockumentary, right? I mean, this is behind the music. It's the celebrities that in that their lives are overdose. We see it on the news. And we would look and say, well, wait, man, they have all their dreams, right? They wanted to be a rock star, kind of a thing. And they have money and they have freedom and they have women. And they have, da, da, da. but there, if there's no eternal perspective, even in our prosperity, as a human being, we, we will lose hope, why? Because God has set eternity in our hearts. As a human being, I, I, ha- I long for God. And in, until I can satisfy that question, I actually can't make life work or I can't make any of the seasons of my life work, okay? So when I think about these two ideas, this is, this is the less or more conversation, right? <clears throat> Where I'm looking to say, and saying everything comes to an end Eternity is set in my heart, so the kind of the trick is, how do I bring eternal perspective to the season that I'm in? And if I can bring that eternal perspective to the season that I'm in, all of a sudden the season becomes meaningful to me. If I just pile it up with trivial stuff or deny it or live in distraction, it's not going to work. But if I can bring an eternal perspective to it, I can find the richness and the meaning and the purpose and the joy of life because God actually created me to function in that way, okay? So seasons, and, and this is how the Bible would talk about our lives, that we move in and out of seasons. Now, what I, what I did was I just, I wrote a definition of seasons down in my notes, so you can write this down, or if you've got a better one, write that down. But here's what I wrote down. A season is a given period in our lives in which focused energy and investment is required to achieve a desired outcome. A season is a given period in our lives in which a focus, focused energy and investment is required for a desired outcome. So let's just talk to one of our teenagers about baseball season starting. And when he goes into baseball season, he's gonna give a focused attention, energy, and investment to baseball season, right? He's gonna start working at baseball for a given period of time to get a desired outcome. It's a, a season that's what it is. This is what it's not. A season is not our identity. A season is something that I I go through. I go into it. I come out of it. But it's not necessarily who I am. It's a phase of life, a season of life that I am. Seasons are not permanent. They are the journey of life. So as God leads us and directs us, he moves us in and out of seasons you may be in a parenting season or an emptiness season or etc 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 right and it's a given period of of life in which a focused energy and investment is required to get the outcome that i desire and god takes us in and out of seasons so how do we navigate that bring the eternal into it to find the meaning and the joy out of it i think there's there's a few things i wrote down three of them How do you do this? How do you walk through the seasons of life with wisdom? Here's the first thing that you have to do. To walk through the seasons of life with wisdom, I have to identify the season of life that I'm actually in. So in order to embrace the season, I have to identify the season correctly. Now, let me just give you like a little warning. Here's a little red flag with it. The season of life that you're actually in very well, for some of us, may not be the one you want to be in, okay? And this is is actually a big deal. So recognizing the one that I'm in doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the one that I want to be in. It is the place, it's the season that God has taken me for this time of my life and the way to bring the eternal into that moment is to identify and embrace that moment for what it is. That's how I would wisely walk through it. One of the factors to us living such hurried and chaotic and cluttered lives is that we will not accept the season that we're in. And so what happens a lot of time is we fold season upon season upon season upon season and we try to claim all this at the same time and we live in absolute chaos, right? So if, you're a, if you have little kids at home, you are in a season of life in which you're doing babies and and babies and butts is what we always call it, babies and diapers, right? That's what you're doing all the time. It's the season of life. It probably is not the season to do other things in life that you may wish you could do. So for, for some of you, like if you're a stay-at-home mom, you may say, yeah, I'd like to finish my education or I'd like to go back to work or I'd like to do this or i I'd like to do that. And it may not be the season of life for you to do that. When you have to or when you want to do all those things at once, life becomes incredibly intense. If you're a dad of small children, it's not the season of life for you to go pursue your hobbies. So if you got toddlers at home and you try to be on the golf course all day every Saturday, or you got toddlers at home and and you try to be in three softball leagues and try to kill it at the career and try to remodel the house and try to do that graduate degree and try to, it's not the season of life for you to do that. You are in the sippy cup season of life. That's where you're at, okay? So the more I fight that, the more intense my life becomes and this is what happens and this is important, ready? When I am in a certain season and I want to be in a different one, whether it's a season in the future or it's a season in the past. See, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the sippy cup season of life, but I wanna live like I was still in college. I'm in the sippy cup season of life, but I wanna, I wanna spend money like I've made it in my career already, right? When I'm in a certain season and I want to be in a different one, here you go, ready? I'll resent the one that I'm in. I'll resent it. And when you resent it, you miss the wonder of it. I can't wait for these kids to go to school so I can do what I want all day. You're gonna miss out on the wonder of little kids. I can't wait till I'm 25. My parents treat me like I'm 15, because I'm, I'm 15. <laughs> so you're gonna, you're gonna miss the wonder of, your, of the teenage years, the freedom that comes with When I want to do something else, and I will not, accept where god has me i'll resent where i'm at and i'll miss out on the wonder of what god wants to do in me frustration sets in in life when we believe the lie that you can have it all all the time that's a lie that will never ever work ever you may experience it all over a lifetime but we cannot have it all all the time and and when we have it's called fomo fear of missing out right when we. When we struggle with fear of missing out, we're trying to have it all, all the time, and it's not gonna work. When I'm a teenager, that freedom will come, right? When I'm, when I'm a, a young parent, your kids will be old before you know it, and then you really have stress in your life, right? When the nest will be empty before you know it, and if I can find contentment and lock in that this is where God has me, and there's actually incredible joy in these moments if I will Kind of take a deep breath and discover it. So it's a season, right? There's, there's a time for every activity under the sun. God sets eternity in our hearts. I'm bringing, how do I claim or get a hold of that eternal perspective in the moment that I'm, that I'm in? Now, here's the second key to it. The second key to walking through the seasons wisely is to discover what God wants to teach you in the season that you're in. So th- th- let me just identify You know what, I, I just, I, we just need to do diapers and sippy cups right now. It's not that big of a deal. Let's just do it and have fun with it, okay? But then I need to look kind of a deeper step and say, okay, what is God teaching me? If I'm in a season of my life, what is my relationship with God in this season? The Bible says this in James chapter one, talking in particular about difficult seasons of life. God shows us in James chapter one, how to get some perspective on this. Pastor Ryan taught on this a couple months ago. You should go listen to that message, it's a good one. But this is what James chapter one says. Uh, God says, count up joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. So what's God saying here? God is saying, I, I'm in a, a time of my life, kind of prayer, join my brothers whenever, and sisters, whenever you are in, we'll just say a season, right? Paraphrase. I'm in a time of my life. What do you want me to do with this time of my life? I'm here because you want to mature me and complete me so I don't lack anything. Because with foreknowledge and predestination, you have Ordered my steps straight out of the Bible. Order my steps ahead of time. You've prepared in advance good works for me to do. So you're molding my life. If you believe in the sovereignty of God or the direction of God, you have to accept that, right? God is taking me down a path because he chooses to take me down this path. So why? How are you maturing me and completing me? What what do I learn about you and my response to you during this time of life during this season that you have me in, okay? And this is this is important because some of us are have gone through very difficult seasons and and we're in different seasons. If you haven't gone through a difficult one yet, you will and if you haven't had a time of prosperity, you will. It's the nature of it. Some of us might be in a season of loss right now. Right? You've lost someone that you love or you've lost a dream or you've lost a job or you've lost an opportunity and And it's a a hard time. Why am I here is a great question. God, what would you have me to learn about you and through you? And how would you have me to respond to you during this time of loss? Some of you are in a difficult season in your marriage. Like marriage is rocky right now. That's why we came to church. It was kinda, let's go to church or let's go to the lawyer's office, right? And it, it plays that way. And sometimes, there are, all, every marriage goes through very difficult times, by the way. You're very normal to go through that, right? But it's where you're at at this moment. Some of you are in seasons of loneliness, where you might look and say, you know, my marriage is rough, I feel isolated, or I wish I was married and I'm lonely, I long for that. Some of you have just gotten out of, out of school, out of college, and, and a, a season of life in which you have very intense friendships, And then you got a job in Akron, Ohio, and you're like, God, why, right? And I want you to know that every person in this room asks that same question, right? Right, so especially this time of year. But it's like, I'm lonely, right? It's a season of loneliness. Some of you might be in a season of smooth sailing and you need to ask the same question. The marriage is great, the kids are phenomenal, the money's good, there's no price. Well, why? What does God want you to do during that time, see? And we're always discovering that. It, when, I, when I fight with God, I don't want to be here. I will miss the wonder of what God wants to teach me. And, and what, I, what I just showed you, by the way, is very countercultural. Because our culture right now would say this. If you're in a season that you don't wanna be in, do everything you can do to get out of it. In fact, define your own season. If you're in a season of loss, you don't like the way it feels, then ignore it. Distract yourself, drink your sorrows away. If you're in a season of learning and and you don't wanna learn it, then rebel against it and just be stubborn and close your mind. Our culture would say, no, you are the master of your destiny. I think that's fantastic because you decided to be born, right? And where and when you're gonna die, you decided all that? God is the master. God is the planner. So when I try to take those reins from him, I'm fighting against the very one who caused me to journey here. And God does not hate you. He's not out to get you. He could have gotten you a long time ago. He is molding you and completing you so you can be mature, not lacking anything because he's prepared in advance good things for you to do. And so he shapes you right, to do those things. So what season am I in? And God, what, what would you have for me? How, what do I need to learn about you? And how do I need to respond to you? And you're kind of refining our relationship, right? And I'm gonna engage that process instead of resist it. Here's the, the third thing. The third thing is this, that when I am in, going through this process, I'm thinking about seasons, Time for everything, eternity in the heart, i bringing eternity into this moment. I need to discover, or I need to remember that seasons open and close. Seasons open and close. So as much as I need to trust God to take me into a season, I need to trust God to bring me out of one. As much as I need to take, trust God to bring me into a season, I need to trust God to bring me out of one. And one of the most difficult things in life is to come to the realization that it's time to move on. It's time to settle into the next phase of life. And one of the reasons why we pile our lives up is because we're hanging on to seasons that we should have let go, and we're not embracing ones that God's trying to move us into. Now, let me give a a little reminder, uh, kind of a, a side point here, okay? When God brings you out of a season he will never bring you out of a season in a way that's contradictory to his word, okay? So God is never gonna bring you out of a season in a way that's contradictory to the Bible. Sometimes I've met with folks over the years and we'll, we'll sit down in my office, and I'm, by the way, I'm not a very good counselor, you don't wanna meet with me and you're gonna discover why right now. And somebody will say something to me like this, they'll they'll spiritualize something, which is a pet peeve of mine, and they'll say something like this, you know, the reason that I'm leaving my wife and my family is because it's just a new season of my life. We had a great relationship back here, and now... God has just closed those doors and I'm moving on to the next season of my life. The minute you say that to me, I'm probably gonna stand up and punch you in the face. Like that's about how our counseling goes. It's usually not healthy, right? I hate that. I'm like, you, you just made up a reason to ignore God, see? The, the reason I'm not serving the Lord anymore is because when the kids were, we were so involved with the church and so involved with the youth ministry. So when the kids were little, I just feel like we've made our investment and now is the season of life that we need to invest in ourselves. Okay, hang on. So you're telling me that you finished serving God while on the planet? Yes. I would advise you to get your last will and testament ready. Because if you're refusing to serve the Lord, there's probably no good reason for you to be on the planet anymore. I'll miss ya, all right? Those kinds of, I just wanna punch you in the face. Because it's, it's silly, and we'll do this. We'll, we'll rationalize and justify our sin by throwing some language onto it, and it's not of God. God will never ask you or direct you to move in a way that's contradictory to the Bible, ever. And if you feel like that's God talking to you, take a roll, it's not God. I don't know what's going on, okay? But God never works in contradiction to his word, the Bible. Now, there is a biblical concept of God closing seasons, and the Bible is very, very clear about that. And that's an idea that we do need to engage. So let me show you an example of this. So verses two through eight are kind of all examples of different seasons in life. So look at like verse four. Verse four, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Okay, so that as an example, this is God closing a season. There's a time to to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. There's a time to mourn a loss and there's a time to be done mourning a loss. So as an example, I, when my dad died a few years ago, I was very, very close to my father. He lived with us for a decade. He and mom did the last decade of their life. So when dad died, he, it, someone who was in my house every day that I had an ongoing relationship with every day died it's a very difficult loss i took it very hard right i mourned him very very deeply i remember um i put his ring on dad wore the same ring all the all his life and we all knew that and he gave it to me before he died so after he died i had it resized and i i wore it i wore it for about two years i remember the day that I was praying and interacting with God and I realized that the me mourning my father was robbing me of relationships with my own sons. And it was on that day that uh, the Lord directed me and I decided it was time to be done mourning. And I took that ring off and I put it in a special place and I was done. I love my dad, I miss him, a lot. But I gotta be done, I gotta be done. And the time to mourn is over and now it's time to laugh. The time to grieve is over and now it's time to dance. I have to move on or my mourning of my father is going to become my identity. Remember, that's not what a season is. A season is not your identity. And if I won't move on from a season or can't move on, then instead of a person who has suffered a loss, I am a person who is identified by their despair. If I refuse to move out of a season, the season becomes my idol. See, some of us, our season of youth is done and we refuse to move out of it. And youth becomes what we idolize. So we're always trying to be young, right? We're we're getting our lifestyle lifts done and getting this sucked out and that put back in and and we're dressing, we're 70 and we're dressing like we're 20 and we're like, "Mm, it's a little creepy, you know? Why? Because I'm idolizing a season that I need to let be closed. I was talking to a friend the other day, and uh, he's 74, he's a retired guy, and he he was investing in some younger guys, kinda uh, spent some time with him, helping him, and he was just telling about I was talking to him, I said, thanks so much for doing that, man. I said, I love that you're like pouring into their lives, I love that you love them. And he he looked at me, he said, yeah, he goes, it's nice to be old enough to be a sage, I enjoy it. What was he saying? He's saying, yeah, I'm not 50. I'm not 40, I'm not 60, I'm, I'm 74 and I enjoy my old age too. There's things I get to do in my old age that I didn't get to do in my young years and I enjoyed my young years, but I enjoy where God has me now, I'm 74. And there's wonder in it. Why is he enjoying being in his 70s? Because he let the other seasons of his life close, right? Right? It's a time for every activity under the sun. And this is the time for this activity. There's seasons, we move in and out of them. And sometimes we have to let them close. If I live in the season that I was victimized in, then being a victim will become my identity. I never get to enjoy victory. And I'll be defined by bitterness and anger and malice instead of forgiveness and compassion and grace, see how that works? So I identify the season that I'm in, right? It may not be the one I wanna be in, it's just the one that I'm in, God has me here. Why? Why, well, let's discover that. He has you there for a reason. Things are never pointless with God. He loves you, so wherever he has you, he has you there for your benefit, right? He's, he's refining you, and we persevere, because perseverance develops maturity, and completeness, so we lack nothing, right? So I walk through that process. And then I have to remember that there's times that I close down seasons of my life, right? Uh, I don't, I'm I'm not, I don't have little children anymore. And if I try to parent my teenagers like I did my little children, I'm going to create a disaster for myself, right? So I close that down. I let things shift. Finding God's process and what he's doing. How do I respond to him? Who would he have me to be? And I move through the seasons of my life doing the things that God has called me to do, becoming the person that God has called me to become, right? Now, when we think about this conversation and we put it kind of into the big conversation of less less is more, I wanna wanna try to kind of like tie all this together a little bit. I was reading uh, a book the other day called The One Thing and and a friend uh, put me onto this book and uh, in the one thing, the author of the book uses this illustration, and I'll tell you the illustration that I'm, I also will tell you that I'm customizing it for our purpose here today, okay? So in this illustration, uh, the author of the book, The One Thing said, uh, in essence, he goes, can we all just admit that we're juggling? That's what we do, we, we juggle life, right? So we have different balls that we have to kind of keep in the air. And we're juggling our job and we're juggling our health and we're juggling our marriage and we're juggling what I would say, our interaction with Christ, and we're juggling parenting. And he said, just imagine that we're juggling and I can't juggle, so you just have to imagine that I'm juggling things, right? And he says, as we are juggling life, it's just kind of the, the realities of life. What we have to remember is or realize that some of the balls that we juggle are made of rubber and some of the balls that we juggle are made of glass. The balls that are made of rubber, it's not a big deal if you drop them, they bounce back. So as I'm juggling life and I'm in certain seasons of my life, and let's say I'm in a parenting season of my life and I have to let my career drop a little bit, it's not the end of the world because it, it can pick back up later. If, I, if I'm a child to aging parents and I gotta really dial in and help them through, it's not that big of a deal. Because I, I can find, I, at worst, I can find another job. I can pick up the career later. If I'm, if I'm a, a, a mom to young kids or a dad to young kids, it's not that big of a deal to drop my hobbies, right? It's not that big of a deal. Drop, you can pick, you can put golf away, you can pick it back up again later in life. You're not that good at it anyways, right? Let's just be honest. You'd be doing it professionally if you were, right? It's not that big of a deal. If, if you're a neat freak like I am, and you want the house to be orderly and proper all the time, and you got six kids, let it go, (laughs) That's not gonna happen. Just be grateful the place is standing when you get back home, right? But if if that's the season of life you're in, you gotta drop that ball. It doesn't mean that the ball's invalid. It doesn't mean that it's a waste of time. It just means that it's rubber. It'll bounce back. It's not that big of a deal, right? You'll get the house clean another day. One day they'll all be gone and everything will be exactly the way that you want it to be, right? But there are seasons of life in which there's certain things I have to juggle. They're valid things, work, school, the yard. These are valid things, right? It's not just dumb stuff, it's valid stuff. But if I, if I let that go, it's not a big deal. I can pick it back up. Some of those balls are made of rubber. Some of them are made of glass. And these are very different, because if I let it go, the consequences of letting it go are devastating. My marriage is made of glass, right? I don't, the idea that we'll work it out later, you know when the kids are out of the house, we'll reconnect, no you won't. If that falls, it's devastating. Parenting is a glass ball. Train up your child when they are young in the way that they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it. They're young once, it's a season of life they move through and you don't turn back the clock on that. Your health, your finances, other things like that, when it's gone, it's gone. I can put away the hobby and I can put away the career and I can put away school, I can come back to those things. But if I discount parenting, and I discount my marriage, and I discount these relationships that are eternal, they're broken. And the Bible would say this, this much about it. The Bible would say that's true of my relationship with Christ. The Bible very overtly says that today is the day of salvation. If I pass from this life to my eternal life, and I have not oriented my relationship with Christ, then it is lost I cannot turn back the hands of time and say hey Jesus now that I'm dead I'm gonna nope it's a one-and-done scenario there are certain parts of life and this is a less is more message. There's certain parts of life that I prioritize. There's certain parts of life that I hold very gently that I protect. There's other parts of life that just are not as important and I let them go and they'll bounce back. But if I let these go, what happens? They're gone. You are not going to put that back together. You cannot fix it. You cannot undo years of not paying attention to your children's spiritual development. You cannot undo years of living separate lives with your spouse. You can't do anything about it. That's why you must protect it. Because when it breaks, it breaks. The whole concept of less is more is that I, I protect the things that must be protected. I handle them gently, I prioritize them. And the other stuff, it's, it's not that it's all dumb or a waste of time, it just will rebound, right? It's not worth sacrificing the eternal for the trivial now listen there's two ways to receive the less is more conversation the one the the one way is is just to take it as like life hack stuff it's just smarter it's smarter to invest in relationships it's smarter to organize your finances. It's smarter to build life from the eternal up, not the trivial up. It, so there's, a, there's like that message, right? And that's a good message. The Bible, God's word is practical because God created us. He knows how we function best. And we take the practical natures of the Bible and we put them in the life. It's going to make life go better. And so there's, there's a way to receive the less is more message and that's where it is. The other level of the less and more message is the eternal side of it. Where the power of Christ affects me and the power of God changes me. Because you are not going to put this back together. If you could have fixed your marriage, you would have fixed it. If you could have straightened your kids out, you would have straightened them out. If you could have satisfied your soul, you would have satisfied your soul. You can't put that back together, but Christ can. See, If Jesus had a business card, it would say, yeah, my name's Jesus. What I do is uh, I basically just resurrect things from the dead. That's what Christ does. He is the God of the resurrection. He takes dead things and brings them back to life. He doesn't take good things and patch them up a little He doesn't take your marriage and glue it together and give you like a Frankenstein looking marriage. He takes things that are dead and he brings them to life. So when he says things like he says in John 10, 10, he says the thief, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy but I come that you may have life and life to the fullest. He's not saying I've come so that we can throw a little bit of Jesus into everything that we're doing and your life will be better than it was before. Nope, when he says I've come to give you life, the reason Christ comes to give us life is because we're dead. The Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sin. We're dead without Christ. The marriage, the relationships, it's dead and I've come to resurrect it. I've come to give you life that you cannot create on your own and life to the fullest. I've come to fulfill you and give you purpose and meaning and joy and hope and peace because you're dead. And when I resurrect you, All of these things will be added unto you as well. You can take like the practical parts of the Bible, and it it will make your life a little bit better than it was before. It just will, because the author of life wrote it. He knows how we work as human beings. But God writes eternity onto our hearts until I lock into that and invite the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus into my heart, the salvation of Christ into my heart, then the transformational, resurrecting power of Christ cannot and will not affect my life. So the depth of the less is more message is that that I, I've, I've dropped what is most precious to me. And that God has to put it back together. I was leaving service last night and a lady caught me in the hallway and she's in tears. And I said, I asked her, I said, are you all right, what's going on? She said, I'm, I'm the shattered glass ball. That's me, I'm that mess. Can you help me? And I kinda looked at her and I said, I can't do much. I mean, I'm, remember I'm the guy that would punch you in the face and the counseling said I'm not very good at this stuff. And I said, we, we have to talk about your relationship with Jesus. Where are you at with Christ? Because Jeff's counseling power is relatively worthless. The power of God in your life is a different deal. And we talked about her interaction with Christ and the grace and the mercy and love of Christ and the message of less is more is don't drop the glass ball. The promise of the scripture is that when you do, the power of God can bring it back to life again. She's probably not gonna get her marriage back. But God can create new life in a different season. You're not gonna turn back the hands of time. But God can create new life in a different season. You're not gonna go back and fix all your mistakes. That's just the way life works. We all know that, we're grownups. But God can create new life in a new season. He does that through the transforming power of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And unless and until I receive that, right? That's where the resurrection can come from. And it's the great hope of Christ. It's the great promise of the scripture. And less is more. Guys, as we uh, start to think this through, I'll probably ask you these questions this weekend, right? So here's the first question. Is there a season that you need to leave and or is there a season that you need to embrace? When you wish that you were in a different season than you are, you resent the one God has you in. It's the reason you're not happy, right? Because you're not embracing and enjoying the wonder of the moment When I always want the next big thing, I miss the big thing that God has given to me right now. Is there a season you need to leave or a season that you need to embrace? Second question, is there a rubber ball you need to let bounce? Because we're all gonna juggle and what we're juggling changes on the season that we're in. Some things are just more important than other things, right? So when I'm young, I may need to let my career bounce a little bit. When I'm retired, I may need to let my travel plans bounce so that I can actually invest in my grandchildren because it's kind of fun to be old enough to be a sage. Just depends what season you're in. But is there a ball that you need to let bounce? And then what are the fragile ones that you need to protect and hold on to? Last question, what about Christ? Because if it's fallen and it's broken, you're not putting it back together. If you could have fixed it, you would have fixed it a long time ago, right? We would have made the pain go away. But Christ is in the resurrection business. So has it been given to him? Have you received, has there been a time in your life where you on purpose, not growing up in church, not got baptized when I was a baby because my mom and dad loved me, but you, as a thinking grown-up, on purpose, accepted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, received the forgiveness of your sin, placed your life on purpose under his leadership? Have you received Christ, right? And then gave him the shattered mess? Yeah, that works. Has to start there. So I'm going to ask the band to come out. And what we we do here at the end of our services is we carve off a little bit of time from our week to just be with God. I encourage you to take that time. And they're going to sing and you can sing and you can pray and you can kneel or you can stand. It doesn't really matter. It's time is for you. But before we hit the parking lot and all the chaos of life kicks back up, Take these few minutes and be with God. Let him press deep into your heart and into your mind how he wants to mold you and shape you, right? And then interact with him. Learn and discover why he has you in the season he has you in. Jesus, help us calm our hearts and our minds just for a moment. Lead us, Holy Spirit, and show us who you want us to be, what you want us to glean from this time of our life, And God, help us to turn, turn from idleness and distraction, trivial, to you, and to give you the license and the definition of our souls. Help us now, in your name, Jesus. Amen.